Hello, welcome to Talking Tyranids with Chris and Mark. My name is Chris, and with me uh, today is my co-host Mark. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, as always. <laughs> um, so today, today is our like first proper episode, uh, as I would put it. Um, and I'm <laughs> we're we're going to start with the news, but the news is basically going to blend into the subject of today's uh, today's uh, podcast because the most recent news um, is that we are. Uh, confirmed in the Warhammer community getting our new codex uh, and it will be it will very likely drop I would imagine sometime late March or possibly early April if if that late um, it, it could be it could be four weeks away even um, it's it's a very exciting time uh, there are lots of leaks and rumors that we're going to discuss mm-hmm. Um and uh, we're going to basically we're going to talk about what we think is coming in this codex. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what we hope is coming in this codex. So maybe a little bit of uh, wish listing there uh, for you to join for you to join in with. So um, let's let's get cracking straight away. So um, some of the some of the leaks. Uh, so, Mark, what have you what have you heard about? Um, we were discussing this some of the. Uh, model leaks that you you've heard of yes so um the, the i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it out because th- this one is an actual thing that's gonna happen um i think it was on christmas day or around new year's games workshop said sent out this video of how amazing um 2022 is going to be and in that was a tyranid model an um, unmistakable hive fleet leviathan tyranid yeah um and it looked like it's one of those where there's going to be some kind of tail i think it's going to be that's going to be on the base and it's kind of going to be leaning back there's wings there's lasher tendrils or something like that and uh, going on from that i've had a look a little bit of research into uh the ether and what i have seen and i'm hoping it all comes true <laughs> is um a new broodlord which i think would kind of they've got they've got the same broodlord and they've got two different bottoms the gene sealer cult one has a little bit of industrial theme and the yeah. tyranid one has a bit like a like a tyranid like a traditional tyranny thing coming out if they differentiated them more i think i'd really like that so um i saw that uh rumors for new gene stealer models um i mean the only variation i really know of gene stealer models is is it space hulk the... yeah so space space hulk has uh again they're sort of they're sort of climbing around like mm. frames and and sort of bits of piping and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I kind of themed. Uh, I said before I'm, I'm delving into a bit of Gene Stealer cults, and with their basing, I've got like industrial barrels, and I was going to kind of try and make it look like they're climbing over things. But but now if there's new Gene Stealers coming out, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back, wait to see what these bad boys look like. Um, there's apparently an an update for some of the Gaunt models. Which I, I they've, they've been around forever. Those models, it seems like um, they've been around a long, long time now. Um, yeah, two thousand and four, I think was that was when they did the big refresh of the Tyranid line. So everything that had come before, with the exception of maybe one or two models, got taken out, taken taken off. Sorry. Yeah, because it was a completely different look of Tyranids. It, previous. Yeah. It, yeah. It. it leaned a bit more into the bug look a little bit less into Mm. the sort of dinosaur look which was still a bit of a remnant of again like space hulk tyranids um, 
rogue trader tyranids were that sort of more old school thing yeah i've seen um a potential of um the i'll put it evor models like pyrovore and, and and all that um having a bit of an update as well although i'm they're quite new compared to the other range so i'm not sure how real that one was we well, see the pyrovores uh, are but the biovores are actually quite <clears throat> quite a bit older they might um, even be res- like fine cast they're both still it. they're both still currently fine cast there's some of our only fine cast models so um it would make the- sense and then a, a gargantuan model, but in plastic, so similarly to like a like a, a, a Titan or, or like a Lord of War, um, which may possibly be what we saw in that video. Um, and then recently I saw a little bit about the Exocrine. Um, the only things I really delved into that was an improved save and the gun being slightly more reliable. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk through I'll talk through that in a moment because I've got yeah. uh, got a wealth I've got a wealth of information from those, um, <laughs> but I do want to just hit on something. Um, so the thing we know for 100 there is at least one model coming, and if it only ends up being one model, I'll still be happy uh, because I love I love the model range as it is to be honest. Um, so I'm not I'm not desperately upset if that's all we get, but we know for a fact there's going to be one. Um, now the prevailing opinion. Um, that I've seen, especially on the Tyranid subreddit that I am uh, an occasional contributor to, um, is with the size of the wings in proportion to the body, with the fact that it had a tail, some people might, some people think that they might be bringing back the Parasite of Mortrex. Do you remember the Parasite? I, 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 that name rings a bell. So it was, um, brief history lesson, I'll try not to spend too long. Uh, Tyranid's 5th edition codex, released a whole host of named characters where before mm. old one eye was the only one so the swarm lord came in in fifth uh as did the parasite of mortrex the doom of malantai oh the doom of malantai i broken. used to use that all the time <laughs> it was busted but i loved it and um <sighs> i think oh uh the death leaper as well um oh yeah and so the thing was the parasite didn't have a model the doom didn't have a model the uh, Swarm Lord at the time didn't have a model. And of course, that was back when GW was just like, well, why don't you go buy three Carnifex kits and a Hive Tyrant kit and kit bash it yourself? <laughs> um, and people did. Uh, and I hated doing that. I'm really not confident on kit bashing, and I don't. It's one aspect of the hobby I don't love um, just because I don't feel very confident that I'm doing a good job when I do it. So I never really messed around with those models too much. If I ever used them, I always proxied them. Um, so the parasite, in a nutshell, was a a flying creature. He was... I don't even think he was a monstrous creature, but he was an HQ. Sort of strength and toughness 5, that kind of uh, idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time he killed a model, you could replace it with a ripper base. So the idea was he was implanting like these hapless tactical <laughs> marines with uh embryos that would burst out of their stomachs alien style and give us rippers so lore wise loved the idea um in terms of execution he was very very weak and you weren't realistically going to produce more than two or three rippers far more useful against say guard or tau or you know those kind of toughness three enemies um he was at the time um but with you know with new rules with a new model i would love to see that make a comeback um 
Other people have suggested it could be a plastic kit for Terranude Shrikes. I think it looks too big for that, though. But it's hard mm. to tell the scale from the very I mean, brief glimpse. I mean, I'd really enjoy that as well. Like, yeah. Even just bringing them back with some sort of plastic upgrade kit so that they're not like consigned to the index. Yeah. Um, I mean, I never... Honestly, I never used Shrikes very much because I preferred... I preferred my hardier warriors. I didn't like the sort of reduced save that you got from taking a Shrike. Hmm. But, um, you know, I, I didn't experiment with them very much. I know some people absolutely adored them. And I think if I had run a shootier army, then I did, you know, back then I was 100% melee. Um, but if I'd been a bit more about, well, oh, maybe I could take some, you know, some uh, Death Spares and just drop them in, um, wreak havoc, uh, then I think I could have got on board. So exciting stuff there. Um, so you've you've mentioned you've mentioned the exocrine stat line. Um, so I am obsessed, with this. <laughs> and I have so I have I have in front of me all the stat line leaks that we've seen so far, and um, fantastic. I'd like you to impart your knowledge on me. <laughs> Make and me I'm happy. just I'm just going to say so. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned in our first video I used to do a YouTube channel and my big thing was rumor roundups. That's how I got my views and that's what I love doing. Um, and a big part of what I used to do was kind of say, do I think this rumor has actually got any legs to it or is it just some guy on the internet making us all look stupid? So I think these are strong leaks. Uh, I, I think I think there's a good chance these are real. First of all, because they're realistic point, uh, you know, in terms of the rules. Um, they come from the boxes. Uh, so like the Exocrine has been sold out online for, I don't know how long now. Mm. Um, I don't think they're going to put it back on till the new rate, till the new sort of codex drops and they'll have the new stat lines in the box and they'll have probably new cover art. That's more in line with the, you know, rest of the stuff in Warhammer. Um, so now would be the time that they'd be getting all that printed and in the boxes. So it's rife for a leak. So um, I'm going to basically discuss what's improved for everything. So the Exocrine has uh, improved weapon skill, ballistic skill, movement. Um, they're all up by one. Um, it's now gone up to 15 wounds, uh, which makes it a little bit uh, hardier, and a 2-plus save. Uh, now, okay. we don't know... Currently, the Exocrine can go up to ballistic skill 3 if it stands still. So the question would be, is it still going to have that rule, but it now jumps to ballistic skill 2? Or are they just going to scrap that rule to give it a bit more mobility? We don't know. Um, but I like... Either way, I'm happy with that stat line. Um, it's gone from being six shots to D3 plus six shots. So um, it's got a variable element that can raise it up to nine. Um, increased strength, increased AP, and increased... Uh, or The damage was D3 previously. It's now just a flat three damage, I believe. Um, so basically all of that is just, you know, straight improvement. It just looks much, much better. Um, it's going to a blast as well. So if you're shooting it at say 15 guardsmen or whatever, then you're going to be getting guaranteed nine shots. And if it can still double tap and shoot twice, then you've got 18 shots. So, uh, yeah, look, looking pretty strong there. I, I would, uh... I'm liking. I'm gonna call them upgrades. I'm gonna call. I like the upgrades. Yeah. I'm gonna probably. I would probably say them. They're probably gonna get rid of that. 
plus one to shoot if they're going to put it as a straight three plus and maybe this yeah. is something we see across the board with the monsters um they may bring a stratagem for the exocrine model where you can shoot twice or something like that yeah um but i mean nine shots the potential of nine shots is still nine shots um <laughs> and turning it into blast is is stronger obviously um, and you're not really meant to be getting into combat anyway to be having that ability to shoot in co even if you're in engagement range. So I'm I'm liking the look of it. Um, is there any indication on I don't know if you you've seen anything on on points so or anything at, like that? At the minute, no. Um, I'm taking the fact that there was very few points changes in chapter approved to mean that they're going to balance the points. Like the book will come out it'll have the points it has yeah if they've gone to uh if they've gone a shade too low on the points i think tyranids could jump up and be very dominant very mm. quickly because we already have speed and board control baked in to our army if you also give us increased resilience and increased power you mm. could make us kind of yeah. maybe even up there with those kind of trukhari kind of yeah those those lofty heights um, I mean, the Crusher Stampede and all these monsters you're now seeing on the table, it's like they're going to do something to kind of balance that out. Yeah, that's 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 not going to last. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but, just enjoy it while it lasts. Exactly. Um, so, also on the same uh, on the same thing is the Harrispex. Um, so, okay. if yeah. you if you float up from the Exocrine, you can see the Harrispex's stat line. So basically. The Harrispex has just become a lot more reliable. So if you ever look up people talking about the Harrispex online, the first thing they will say is he's swingy, uh, which is to say you might have a game where it comes out and it does it goes ham and it kills everything in its sight. But you can also have a game where it comes out and it fails to wound anything and dies and has cost you 100 and something points for nothing. Um, so weapon skill and ballistic skill increases again up to threes. Um, movement of eight, so it's a bit faster. Uh, you know, obviously it's like the twin of the Exocrine, so it has a fairly similar stat line, 15 wounds. It's got five base attacks, which is one up from previously. Mm -hmm. And again, a two up save. Um, so it's Grasping Tongue Attack is now a flat three damage instead of, I think it was variable, I think it was D3. Um, it's Ravenous Maw is now a flat two damage instead of D3. Um, which, again, is very good if you're trying to kill Space Marines you don't want to roll that one and then guarantee mm. that you've... Ugh, that's basically a wasted attack. Um, the shoveling Claws have gone up to D3 plus 3 damage instead of D6. So these are all moves, either flattening the damage or reducing it, reducing the variance in it Yeah. Um, that make the Harrispects look like a far more solid prospect, something that you can reliably chuck into, you know, I'd say elite, is where I'd be aiming it at. I'd be looking at some sort of, you know, smaller elite unit that it could absolutely chew through. Um, but it looks like it'll be able to handle sort of semi-large units yeah. as well. I mean, look, look what's recently come out and is doing incredibly well and had a points drop, the Adeptus Custodes. So uh, they've got a lot of wounds and a lot of good armor <laughs> saves and stuff. So Yeah, it's... it's uh, Both of these, to me... Um, you know, especially the Exocrine right now with its flat three damage and everything kind of says to me, like, Terminator Killers. Mm. Um, 
you know they're just they're almost custom made for that and that's the kind of that's the kind of level you're looking at so high high armor high wounds for you know for a unit of models uh would be good so let me talk about the hive tyrant now so the hive tyrant's kit again has been leaked uh w and um was what's interesting about this uh so i'm gonna again tax your memory here mark mm -hmm. um do you recall a time when the hive tyrant well first of all do you remember a time when you would have willingly taken a foot tyrant instead of a winged one let's start with that before it had wings um <laughs> when it looked more like the the alien uh queen it had the long heads. So mm, been, yeah. I really Again, liked that model, to be fair. Oh, I love that model. Um, I, I take it now. Yeah. yeah um, but then as soon as the wings come out, I don't own... And I've got 5,000 points of Tyranids, and I've I've got mold, oh, just so many models. <laughs> Not horror specs, though, because it didn't really like the unreliability. But I have two winged Hive Tyrants. I don't have... The only one... The only thing on foot... I have is Swarm Lord. That yeah. is it. I don't have anything else on foot in terms of like that kind of style of HQ. So n no. And and that for the last few years certainly has been the sensible choice. Um, so basically, back um, so when I started, I started in fifth edition, um, and in fifth edition there was a choice to be made. Um, so a Hive Tyrant could take one of three upgrades, right? And it could only take one of them. Um, so you couldn't mix and match. Uh, and one upgrade was this flamer thing that wounded on a 2+. plus. It seemed kind of cool. But in light of what the other two were, you would never take it. And then there was uh, wings, which was however many points and obviously let you fly around uh, and made you super mobile. And then there was something called a hardened shell, which upped you from a 3 plus save to a 2 plus save. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously back then having a hive tyrant with a two up save meant very few things were going to wound it it only had four wounds but like <laughs> which is crazy to think about now but i would have whole games where nobody could take the hive tyrant off the table because toughness six with a two up save made him virtually unkillable by most weapons because the stats just weren't in your favor trying to shoot it down um and so you had to choose you either had the winged hive tyrant which was slightly weaker with a three up save or you had the foot tyrant with a two-up save. And I would mix and match. I would regularly use both or one or the other. And I really liked that choice. And then from our sixth edition codex, which was really more or less a seventh onwards, the the two-up save was gone. That was a thing of the past. Yeah. And it was basically like, you can take this with wings or you can be an idiot and... <laughs> that was, that was we, your We choice. also sell Tyrant Guard? Have you thought yeah. of these? <laughs> And uh, we'll talk yeah, about Tyrant Guard later. Yeah. But um, yeah, so basically um, what they've done here with this new thing is there are now two different stat lines, whether or not you've taken wings and not taking wings gives you an improved stat line. So there's actually a reason to consider it. So I'm very mm -hmm. excited about this. Um, so basically your, foot, your, your improvements are um, all Hive Tyrants and the Swarm Lord now have a two-up ballistic skill. Mm -hmm. uh, which is very good for a Daka Tyrant uh, yeah. taking, if we can still take them, you know, Breen Leech, Worm Devourers. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, strength has gone up from six to seven. Um, okay. Uh, attacks, 
Um, and it's eight for the Swarm Lord still. Uh, wounds are still at 12, which worries me a tiny bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I think the rest is going to kind of make up for this. And it's gone from four attacks base to five, with the Swarm Lord going up to an eye-watering nine attacks. Um, uh, again, base. Um, so the big difference is if you take a foot-slogging tyrant, he's toughness eight. Uh, and if you've got a winged hive tyrant, he's toughness seven. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, there are far fewer strength eight and above weapons than there are strength seven and below. So they should be a lot more, um, a lot more durable on the ground, uh, than in the air, which is something I like to see. It gives me a reason why I might consider not giving one wings and saving those points. Yeah, and I mean, depending on how much the points are for all of these monsters, mm. it would give you an option to have, I don't want to call like a Diet Coke version of yeah. the Swarm Lord, but if you're struggling for points and you've got uh, this model that is essentially like a lieutenant would be for a captain, you, you would yeah. always want the captain, but if a lieutenant can do its job, having that foot slogging hive tyrant with a couple of tyrant guard with it to give it some additional protection potentially um running up the field with those gaunts or carnifexes and stuff yeah toughness eight and a two plus armor save is something that's gonna you're gonna struggle exactly um so we've got a few other little things here uh some some tidbits so um key thing basically everything's improving virtually across the board weapon wise uh the venom cannons increased damage um and doesn't Good. seem to be a variable amount of uh so it's four damage per shot and it's uh, it's no longer d3 shots it's just three shots um which is good uh stranglethorn cannon looks really good now so it's d3 plus three shots strength eight and ap minus two mm -hmm. and i think it's a damage of two flat um bone swords now here's where things get interesting uh, so if we take, for example, our foot slogging hive tyrant, uh, if he attacks with bone swords, there's strength plus three. So it's now, he's now strength 10, uh, with an AP of minus four and I think three damage. Um, so they are looking very tasty. Yeah. Um, now scything talons have actually lost one damage. They've gone down to two. Which makes me suspect that Scything Talons or maybe Dual Scything Talons are going to have one of those small amount of attacks, higher damage, or larger amount of attacks, smaller damage kind of, you know, that array of options that you tend to get with, with larger models that none of our nids have currently, uh, that basically gives you the option of crowd control versus, you know, more focused killiness so yeah i suspect that's what's happening there okay. um also important is the um the swarm lord uh so his bone sabers are now strength nine ap minus four three damage each much like before we don't have any special rules here like the stat lines are only just pure numbers um but his strength and attacks do not degrade um so only i think his weapon skill drops i think possibly um, and his movement, but you're still going to have strength 8 and 9 attacks even when he's on one wound. So, um, could be very expensive <laughs> points-wise yeah. here, but... I, 
Yeah, I mean, when the the Eldar book comes out, we'll just see how much the Avatar of Cain model is, and then we can kind of compare. I yeah. reckon, similis to that. But um, yeah, these 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 sound great. I mean, what's what's just come out? Tau Tau have got a massive buff. Yeah, and... well, everyone everyone's talking about that massive real gun that's like strength. 14 12 yeah. damage <laughs> so so you need you need some durability if you're running up the table yeah. and stuff um or just, just just pay those command points to deep strike things to just slightly tie it up a little bit until you can actually reach that model so yeah, yeah durability more reliability of damage more damage these are all these are all welcome keep all, keep keep coming wins. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Two thumbs so, up. Yeah. So um, that's that's all I've seen for leaks for the moment. Um, so uh, what I want to get onto talking about now is, so realistic hats on. Uh, just spitballing here. What are some of the things you think we might see in this codex? So, um, I mean, one for me, which if these le- leaks hold true, I think is happening, would be basically a general buffing of some of the stat lines because. Our last book came out right at the start of 8th edition. Um, Power Creep has taken us far beyond where the game was back then. And so everything, or almost everything, needs, I think, just a commensurate little bump. And that's what a lot of these things look like. Like, they're not massive changes. One strength here, one AP there. But it's just little things that nudge us up to be, you know, slightly more on the level. Um, so what, what other things do you think we might see uh, when we open the book up? So, bearing in mind what we know already, with like, um, I think with the was it the new chapter approved where you can't um, mix um, different can't mix we, high we, fleets. No, we won't yeah. be able to mix high fleets, which I'm fine with. So you I really, hate, I really hated that anyway. Like I did it, I didn't feel good about doing it. Yeah, I'd have like make the Kronos with the shooty bugs and the 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 Kraken with the really, yeah. really fast bugs. So now you have to really focus on those high fleets. Um, so it will give players the ability to really have a bunch of fast griblies coming at you a million miles an hour and then Morlocks jumping up and stuff. Or as we see at the moment, the Crusher Stampede um, and, and, and things. I think each high fleet will get something buff-wise. Um, similarly that you've seen with, again, I'm going to be referring to all the codexes that have been coming out in the leaks. So so Eldar, rumours of the craft worlds, they're going to have really good buffs and reasons to choose one over the other for your playing style um which i'm excited to see and that's um, that's really how it should be it absolutely should be, i'm this kind of player so this is what appeals to me um yeah no i i've i always have loved being uh the kind of player how can i know, like gene stealer cults i i like to have two or three different ways to make you think really hard and worry to distract you from the mission or my actual goal with some other units so here's a morlock enjoy (laughs) (laughs) here's a trigon prime enjoy oh by the way my wingtife tyrant's now really really like on 
on your uh, on your side of the field. I'm now going to slaughter you. Take your objective. Um, yeah. But whilst that's happening, my Carnifexes and Gaunts with some warriors are running up the table at full pace. So I do love those distraction um, units. Um, what I think would be good, like if I just stick with like Kraken, for example, the close combat running up the the table kind of thing. They've got the thing where you you roll those additional dice and choose the, the highest dice for your running and and, and things like that. Uh, so, uh, what's it? It's been so long since I've had a game. You move advancing. and then advancing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, looking at the Gene Stealer Colts, they deep strike now eight inches away. I don't think Tyranids would get that because that would just like throw egg in the face of gene stealers it's like that's their thing now they've got something really good for them for once let's let them have that what could we have well what if we had 3d6 charge take the highest two yeah i'd take that so whether that's a psychic power a stratagem or something for that for, for kraken giving you that ability to to charge for that that those really long charges and get into combat it's the kind of th the, the kind of things i would think we would start to see more with each of the high fleets a a, a strong rule set to really emphasize that gaming style yeah i think i think that's definitely true i mean i mean they have to improve some of those high fleets because you know I don't think anyone in their right mind is taking Gorgon or, um, <laughs> you know, outside of lore. Anyway, I say that as with a caveat of that, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from a, from a pure gaming point of view, you know, there's, with the Warf uh, Warzone Octarius book, there's a billion reasons to take Leviathan over everything else. Um, you know, for speed, Kraken is still the best. Uh, there's a few reasons you might consider taking Behemoth these days because they just hit a little harder. Um, but and obviously Kronos is is like the anti psyker plus shooting one. So that's mm. that's you know almost why would I why would I consider taking the one that's around poisoning when we don't have poisoning as a rule anymore? Or why? Your Mangander has some interesting rules, but again they're very very dated. So I 100% think all of the high fleets are going to get a an overhaul, and yet yeah, they need to give you good reasons to consider taking any one of them. Um, and where you now can't consider supplanting one weakness by just taking two. Um, so I think I think we will see that. Um, I think. I think the points nerf that Hiveguard got in the recent chapter approved is very likely... I think that's the only nerf they're going to get. I hope it is. Because they have been far and away the best unit in the Tyranid Codex for five Ever. years. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Since, as soon as they said, you can take six of them, <laughs> hmm. uh, I, think, I think that was pretty much open season. Um, I don't think we're going to see vast changes to the Psycho Powers. To be honest, I mm -hmm. think they're going to stay more or less as they are. Although, again, I'd like to see, I'd like to see tweaks, but I don't see huge improvements there. Um, and I mean, one one thing I'm considering is what is going to be core, because uh, obviously that's a, that's something that's come in that hasn't we haven't had. Um, yeah. Obviously, all of our troops will be core. Um, I suspect. I suspect one way they might try to make Carnifexes a little more attractive again is to make Carnifexes core. Um, basically so that they can... They might not be as hot as all the other monstrous creatures, but you've got more prospect of buffing them. 
Yeah. Um, which uh, I think could happen. Um, and I think you maybe you'd get something random like Ravenous. I could see going going core as well. Yeah, I I want to talk about Ravenous. Now Ravenous. <laughs> every time I've gone to Warhammer World, I I always say I have to buy something. If it it just makes me feel happy. Um, yeah. And I go to the Tyranid section, and I look at the Ravenous, and I don't own any Ravenous, and I'm like, they are really, like, cool, because, I mean, just look at them, and, yeah. they, but then I'm always like, but they're just going to be shot, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it's like that, that, that newly painted model syndrome, it's like, here they are, and now they're back in the box because they didn't really do anything. Yeah, um, um, I, I, I love, I love Ravenous, so I actually have nine um, I've, I've in my life bought three different sets of Ravenous. <laughs> um, and I used to play them a lot in fifth. Uh, cause back then, so they, back fifth again, brief history lesson. If you're, if you're a newer player, um, back then charge distances, well, were, were set. And for 90% of models, they were six inches. You had a six inch charge, uh, but Ravenous were beasts and they had a 12 inch charge. So I know this isn't really, um, <laughs> It's not really the done thing these days, but I used to use them as kind of a gotcha unit because people had a bit of a thing in their head about this is the rough charge distance. Mm. And they would see Raveners and think, you're not close to being able to charge me. And of course they had fleet, which again meant you could move and run and charge. So I've moved... You know, I remember that rule. <laughs> I've, I've moved, let's say, nine inches up the board and I'm now 10 inches away. It looks like I can't charge you, but actually I'm in yeah um so they were a good surprise like ambush kind of unit back then um you know now they flipped it they can move 12 and they assault whatever you know the same as everyone else does um so they always just kind of look like slightly weaker warriors um and they're Mm. a bit faster but you know they don't have the same they don't have the punch in close combat that that um that they need to so i think um i think this kind of brings us on to what do we want to see in this codex? Um, and uh, if I if I may kick us off, I have a huge list of things I want to see happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think this, this is a small one. So we're starting small, and in my opinion, therefore, starting off a little more realistic, and I'll probably get a bit more lofty as we go on. Um, bone swords, like Tyranid Warrior Bone Swords. Okay. Um, I have... 23 Tyranid Warriors and almost all of them have a bone sword and lash whip on their body uh, and the reason for that is because I fell in love with it way back when I started and when I started they were what we'd call a power weapon so you could take no armor saves against them uh, only invuln saves um, now cut to today and they're AP minus 2 which is not bad but it's not setting the world alight, and no one's going to go, oh my god, he's got bone swords, I can't let that get near my power armor. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're still giving a fairly hefty save to the average space marine. Um, so what I want is jump those bad boys up to, like, AP minus four, maybe. Um, give them more than one damage. Uh, I'd take D3, um, but flat two would be nice. Just something that would say, if that Tyranid warrior gets into close combat with me, I'm dead. Because that's how it used to be. Um, they used to get shot before they'd get there for me. But there was this threat. And it's like you say, it's the, the distraction. My friend, uh, I could 
I could literally tell you right now how every game went because I moved my Tyranid warriors up six. I advanced them or uh, ran them as it was back then. And he aimed his uh, Devastator squad at my warriors and started shooting them with crack missiles. Um, and, this, and if any crack missiles got through, they were dead, uh, basically. And it was that fight of if he can't hit them this turn with the crack missiles, next time I'm going to get him. And yeah. whatever I point them at, they're going to delete. So I would like to see bone swords. I think I'd like to see make them those sort of mini monstrous creatures again, um, and and bridge that gap between the the gaunt and the stealer and the warrior up to the hive tyrant and the carnifex and everything else. Hmm. Um, so bone swords is one for me. What 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 have you got? What's something you want to see? I would like, and it probably will happen. Um, I would like to see the similarly to Gene Sealer cults the gene stealer model both updated and given the fear factor that they deserve <laughs> gene stealers are iconic and they've been around as soon as tyranids were talked about or written about gene stealers were the ones they they skulk skulk in the shadows they are fast they come at you with a variety of different biomorphs um and they strike should strike fear in you and at the moment in the current codex they they don't with the gene stealer cults getting the the four up invulnerable more attacks um but also they can obviously get uh, do an eight inch well arrive eight inches away I'd like to see a scarier gene stealer. They don't. I'd, I would in the gene stealer because it's pure, pure strain gene stealer. Yeah. Maybe have gene stealers of a similar name so that they match, or give them a little bit of a a different name just to represent the fact that they've been within the high fleet rather than on this world, um, like creating this cult of gene stealers and stuff. These gene stealer cults in the Tyranid Codex are different, and giving them that the versatility to to do something cool, like I don't know, uh, like a biomorph, like you know how witches have drugs yeah. and all this, something like that, which like boom, here they are. Oh, by the way, here's an additional three inch movement, or here's an additional. Uh, attack or something like that. I, I'd like the gene stealers buffed. Yeah, for me. I'd like to see that. I mean, you know, I would, I would disagree with you slightly in so much as, I mean, they don't have the fear factor that they did, but I'd still say gene stealers can still put in the work. Like even as they are now, just um, a full unit of twenty slingshotting up the board. Uh, you know, courtesy of Mister Swarmlord. Um, <laughs> you know, just. So in my last game that I played, um, I took uh, I took Leviathan. I was using Warzone Octarius uh, Leviathan rules, and I had a unit of twenty Gene Stealers. My opponent, and if you're listening to this, Ed, I'm sorry, but he he charged into me with a I think it was a bloat drone or something, and I was just like, "Are you sure? Are you sure <laughs> you want to charge Gene Stealers?" And he's like, yep, yep, I've got a plan. They've got a flesh mower. I'm going to, you know, rip them to shreds. And I was like, I've got an invuln save. And they're, if they strike back, they are going to do a lot of damage. And, of course, they, 
you know, it didn't do much damage. It actually came in a little below what would have been average, I suppose. Killed maybe three stealers. I then demolished it, moved up a bit, <laughs> and then the next turn I was then able to reach his rhino that had everything in it. I encircled it. I blew up the rhino. Everything inside it died. Mm. And then I was like, well, they've already made double their points back and they still weren't dead there was still like 15 of them left so i just went to town i went and killed some uh some um what you call them the little weird things that death guard have i forget they're 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 little chaffy unit that is oddly resilient um um those the things pox walkers. walkers that's it i went and killed like 10 pox walkers after that mm. um so, you know, they can still put in the work. And with that strat from Warzone Octarius that lets them have uh, two extra hits on an exploding six. Um, so albeit yes. For, albeit that. for two CP. But okay, that no, is, ignore the CP. Just put it straight yeah, in. That, put that it straight is, in. That is great. But, you know, I, mm. I, I think I could see them having a buff or possibly maybe say, okay, if they all take an Acid Maw upgrade instead of like the one in five, get it free. Acid Maw maybe extra damage two damage flat two something like that or d3 uh something that lets you say okay well i can i can take on virtually anything with this like you know there's knights could fall below <laughs> before my genes yeah. that i would like um okay cool so let's see my turn uh here's another one that i think could happen and i would absolutely adore okay so carnifexes can be taken as a unit but then act as three individual carnifexes, right? Mm -hmm. Currently. I want them to act as a unit. I want a brood of carnifexes. And the reason is fairly simple. If I can throw a psychic buff and it buffs all three carnifexes, and if I can charge and have all three carnifexes make the same charge, mm -hmm. I can see them being far more useful than they currently are to me. Because like, if, if I'm sitting them back and shooting with them, then having three do whatever they want doesn't bother me. But if I want to run them as a melee unit, like there's very, it's very, very difficult to get all three of them across the board at the same time without one of them lagging behind because his advance roll was really small. Or, yeah, he got a good advance roll, but then the next turn you try to charge them and you can't advance and charge more than one of them because you can only use the psycho power on one of them, etc., etc. So something that would let me do that, or even a strat that would say one CP uh, for this turn, you know, the Carnifex unit acts as a whole unit and you can buff them as such. Even that I'd be happy with. Um, something something that, that gives me that ability to buff many Carnifexes in one go, basically. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> we touched on it earlier, but... I would like to see more kind of named characters. Mm -hmm. um, if we uh, we're not sometimes not allowed to compare because they're very similar. Starcraft. Um, <laughs> let's talk, let's now Starcraft. I'm not I'm not saying have a Carrigan model and a humanoidy one, but like we said before in previous editions, there have been uh, all of these named characters that we've listed already. And some OP, some like not amazing, but Tyrion has been around a long time, and I'd really like these named characters to then kind of their rules lean again towards different high fleets. 
So again, I, I use Eldar. I, 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 I've always been an admirer of Eldar, but the Eldar have a varying amount of named characters, um, including Eldrad, Eldrad for, yeah. for Ulfway. Um There's the one beginning with Y for the um, Eandon. Uh, well, uh, it's like a Corsair pirate, Yinir, something Yinari, like the Yinari Yvrin. Yeah, something like that. And then recently, more characters have come to light, which are going to be wrapped in the new Eldar Codex. I, I'd really enjoy like being like, oh, here's my Carnifexes, um, here's my Demacarian, and this is the da 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 of da 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 da, and you know that it's going to do a particular job on the table, which is going to make you cry basically yeah, and, that, and worry whether <laughs> that, it's that would be it's, um, it's spill, yeah. whether it's able to um let's let's do what we did earlier whether it's if it's in combat with you your squad's turning into ripper swarms yeah. or if you come near it you're getting psychic mortal wounds as it takes the souls from your body and then regains health um, all these different things that just make it really cool and again kind of lead into like Age of Sigma have all these cool character models that have these all, all these cool things I'd like a little bit more of that I think it, it would be interesting I mean it would certainly push people towards different hive fleets if you could say for example Old One Eye I believe originally was in Hive Fleet Behemoth so you know not even if you just said he's exclusive but maybe if you take old one eye in a behemoth detachment he gets a buff or like he does something that he wouldn't in another detachment and that i'd like carnifexes gain the core key word <laughs> so <laughs> well yeah there exactly you go i mean some something something i'd like to do yeah. very much um so i'm i'm going to get a bit specific here now okay because mm -hmm. uh intriguing this one's, this one's really near and dear to my heart the okay. toxicrine. Do you have a toxicrine? I did. <laughs> I did. Um, it's somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it ex it exists. Is it painted? Um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, if I if I have it, I I I I don't have as a big pile of shame um, when it Wish comes to tyrannids at all. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> But no, I have a touch screen somewhere and it is yeah. painted. Um, whether I've used it a lot, I can't really say I have. Well, this, I mean, this is kind of a dual point here. Like, in the more general sense, okay, and I've felt this for a while, there needs to be a little bit more diversity in the roles of our monsters and they need to be a bit more distinct. So, when the Toxicrine came out, it was, it's a dual build kit with a Maliceptor. And they both came out, I don't know if you remember this, it was randomly in the middle of 7th. We, we hadn't had a codex drop, we hadn't had anything happen, it was just randomly here have a bunch of Tyranid models. It was really bizarre, I never expected it to happen. Mm. And it did. And while we're at it, here's two brand new monsters with rules in the box that you've never seen before. And their rules kind of sucked. Um, mm. And what I kind of felt at the time was, okay, so... What makes the Toxicrine any different from the Harispex, any different from a Trigon, any different from a close combat Carnifex? Like, what are the big distinctions here? Because mm. they're all just melee monsters that have varyingly slightly differing stat lines. And of course, the big difference is the lore. 
right? Like, a toxicrine's a poison thing. So there's a lot of kind of... <laughs> Didn't it have, like, a weird... A shooty, a really... A single shot or, or something shooty? Or was it, a, like, a flamer shot? Like, a really... It had a really weak flame. 12-inch rubbish yeah kind of like burp basically yeah it, it, it had exactly that and you know again there just wasn't a lot for me to make it distinct and so i, I had a little look again at the rules and the thing is to me the toxicrine especially is baffling it's it's a prime example of something that i think about a lot which is um games workshop when they're making these codexes serve a lot of masters Okay, which is why you get crusade, which is why you get narrative rules alongside competitive rules and power levels alongside points and lore in your books with your rules. Um, and this is, an, this is a model where they very clearly thought, what is a fluffy rule that kind of makes sense without thinking at all, is this at all usable? Like, So I'm going to give you the prime example. Choking spores. It has choking spores, which is what the template weapon used to be and you look at it straight away you look at the damage and the damage is d3 and so maybe you're thinking okay so that's for killing elites right like two three wound models cool i get that and then you look at the ap and it's ap zero which is not very good for killing elites at all and then you look at what else has it got well it's blast okay and it's is strength three so now i'm thinking no no this thing's for killing hordes Mm. but it's only d6 shots so it's absolute maximum is three shots strength three ap dash <laughs> i cannot think of a single thing that this could reliably kill <laughs> it's either gonna overkill a few guardsmen by doing three damage to them for no good reason or it's going to fail to wound a couple of space marines and maybe if you're lucky you get through and kill one it's such a bizarre weapon and it's 10 inches i think for range so you've got to be close now it's cool and it's fluffy i can see what they're going for with it choking spores you've got to be nearby it's not all that strong etc etc but it just it doesn't do anything and and for me as as, as a as, as a general model the toxicrine does not stand out as being different from any of the other models you know there's, there's nothing that makes me think this is a job for a toxicrine you know it's mm. like it could be it could be anyone else so in general i want i want that to have a rule i would like to see the toxicrine basically be a, a crowd control thing um it's already got a strat that lets you hold things in close combat um so kind of play on that a bit more i think give it a ton of attacks make it only strength six you know maybe decent ap but something that's going to be able to go out there and maybe kill like 20 models but only chaff uh, and if I try and use it on Space Marines, or if I try and use it on something a bit more elite, I'll get a few wounds, but it's not really what it's there for. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so that's something I would like to see. I would like to see every model where I can see that's why I would use that. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm feeling. What else you got? Is there anything else? Wishlist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wish list-wise, um, I mentioned before, I've got a few Forge World models. <clears throat> I doubt they would be putting their rules into the new codex. Um, I would like to see... I mean, we've seen the, the the glimpse of a new model. 
I would like to see more models which are like Lord of War models to yeah. give you an option to really and again we talked about focus with monsters like giving them roles but really give you a couple of different Lord of War options that you could go really shooty but for light, light, uh, lightly armoured foes um, you could have shooty that does something crazy like shoots 12 spore mines or <laughs> or shoots like a poison cloud which for a turn you, that you, you are minus one to hit tyranid models um, or something killy really killy that you're just running up the table and doing something like that so some lord of war options i think yeah. to, to, I, for me. I think i think a good choice i don't I think if we're ever going to see it, I don't think it's going to be this edition because I feel like if they were going to drop something this big, we'd already be hearing the rumblings. Mm. But looking in the lore, there is the Dominatrix. Uh, so Dominatrix being a large battlefield commander, ideal kind of Lord of War candidate, uh, something I'm pretty sure you could take in Epic as well back in the day. Um, and I would see the Dominatrix as being like a massive psychic powerhouse. Um, so I guess if I were trying to think of an equivalent, I'd be thinking along the lines of like a Primarch, like Magnus or someone like that, hmm. um, who could just has some ridiculous rules. I like can throw out three or four psycho powers a turn can take two, you know, um, what you call them? Uh, warlord traits, uh, plus has this plus has that can give out a ton of buffs, like all of that stuff. Um, I'd love to see a Lord of War that did that. And I think the Dominatrix would make for an awesome big spidery model um, and a big centerpiece thing for the army. Um, like I say, I mean, that's... Like I say, it's, it's pure fantasy to me that that could happen because I feel like if the Dominatrix were coming, there would already be something. Someone at, someone that works at, you know, GW who is, you know, making that model would have let something slip by now, I feel like. Um but yeah, I yeah. definitely, I definitely would love a Lord of War. Um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see. Uh, I mean, if the stat lines leaked, I don't necessarily know that it fits the mold. But um, everyone tends to have a supreme commander now. Uh, so speaking as Necron player, they got the Silent King back in, mm -hmm. you know, or not back, but you know, for the first time as a physical thing that you can take on the battlefield. The Silent King is a supreme commander so he's basically a lord of war that actually gifts you a bunch of cp for taking him um and takes up one unique kind of slot in the force organization chart and it looks like going forward every army is going to have one of those um so the swarm lord is the most obvious candidate for us at present but again if they introduced something else that could maybe supplant that role and take up that supreme commander role mm. um so I'd be I'd be interested to see what what they do there because they certainly in again in the Necron Codex moved things so the monolith moved from being heavy support to being a Lord of War yeah um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that happens to a few things that get a lot more powerful but they're now occupying a different kind of role in the army um, right let me let me hit you with another one here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the last one I'm going to discuss that has any grounding in reality and any okay. chance of happening. Um, Tyrant Guard. 
Okay, so we've we've hit on this a little bit. We kind of mentioned them earlier. Um, Tyrant Guard are the appendix of of the Tyranid Codex. They're useless. I've <laughs> taken them. I took them once in eighth and deeply regretted my choice. Um, I've never taken them in ninth. They're far too costly for what they do. You know, in and of themselves, you can't justify taking them by themselves. So they have to be there to guard a hive tyrant. The only one I would ever take on foot would be the Swarm Lord. Um, and their bodyguard mechanic, compared to all the other ones that are out there now, is just weak. It's It can miss on a one. Uh, it gives them mortal wounds, which means they just don't last very long. Um, it, you know, you can't really pick and choose what you do. I just don't think... I don't think they're fit for purpose at the moment. I think they're great models. I think they're a cool idea. I used to take them all the time, and I never take them now. So I'd like to see... I don't just want them to buff the stat line. The stat line's actually fine. All I want them to do is either say, if you've got three of these bad boys in front of a Hive Tyrant, you can't target it, so you have to kill them first. Um, but they can't hide. You know, they, they, they can't use Lookout Sir or anything like that. Like they've, not, they've got no kind of mechanism for hiding themselves you know or basically you know maybe i can just choose i can just say okay he takes that attack and he can still save it and he can still whatever else and he can tank the damage you know instead of it being a guaranteed mortal wound something like mm. that um just something that means they're actually going to grant some extra degree of safety to whatever i'm taking them for and that i can justify their points yeah um, and they're not they're not just going to be wasted points because that's that's how I feel about them at the moment. Yeah, I mean, looking at what's come out recently, the the hammerhead, big old rail doom weapon, yeah. um, doing a rule where you shoot at me, oh wait, you now can't hit my hive tyrant. Yeah. If the hive tyrant's getting buffed, will we see more lists with? foot slogging hive tyrants maybe but if we are we're probably going to see more tyrant guard well they have to be better so we've now countered the rail cannon if if lookout sir is still is still a thing where that that bypasses the tyrant guard fine that might make sense because the elder rangers and the shroud runners are all with their like the sniper assassins. weapons so yeah. then that makes sniper weapons lookout sir a little bit better snipers are rubbish at the moment anyway um so yeah if the tyrant guard could tank everything and then it just it's like okay here's a you can try and kick my hive tyrant <laughs> but you've just killed a tyrant guard now it's my turn and i'm still coming at you <laughs> so yeah no i agree with that i'd like that is, is there anything else for you or, or do you want me to give you my next one <laughs> uh <laughs> i'm just clutching at straws um i i really enjoy the aspect of again like i said distraction and stuff like that morlocks trigon primes they're popping up all over the place I'd like some kind of ability to do that uh, potentially a little bit more. I'd like to be able to get closer to the opponent. Now, whether that's a stratagem, a three-point stratagem, or um, something in the ruling, I'd like a way of getting at you a little bit closer. But then again, with things like Kraken, you're moving fast anyway. So I, I just like the the options of 
appearing here, there, and everywhere. With with the games, it's it's a it's a game where you have to hold objectives. Um, so I I need to remember that I need to hold these objectives and not just go smash, smash, smash. Mm. So that would be kind of something for me. I would like well with that. I mean, so something I could see realistically being quite doable would be, for example, uh, if an opponent has something arrive from reserve, be it deep strike or however else, the Moloch can then choose to appear at that very moment. Um, I'd really like to see something like that, where basically the Moloch can just come in and basically intercept intercept like a deep striking unit, and then you've got the Moloch there on the board. It's done its big attack thing. Um, and then you can kind of interpose the Moloch between that deep striking unit and whatever it was trying to get to. Uh, something like that would be very good. I think quite fitting with with what you'd like, but also, um, you know, not unreasonable. There's lots of things that can intercept deep strikers now, so I could see that being something that'd be quite viable. Actually, it'd be really good. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got one more for you. It is a doozy. Um, it's again, it's it's complete fiction. I don't think this specific thing could ever happen. <laughs> um so look I've got a lifelong love affair with the Lictor. Uh specifically the model. Um and I've always I've always wanted the model to be able to live up to to the lore of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's I remember really vividly actually. I remember reading um my friend had let me borrow his I think it was his Space Marine Codex and I was reading the Battle of Macrag. And there's a bit in the Battle of Macrag where there's, um, I think there's like three Terminators or something like that. And they all go back to back in this cave because they realize that there's a bunch of Lictors around them. And they <laughs> valiantly fight as long as they can, but the Lictors get the better of them and they all die. Um, and it it made both of those things sound awesome to me in the lore. Um, and so I was like, great, it's this cool ambush unit. But of course... Back then, you just couldn't do anything when you arrived via deep strike. So I could put it anywhere on the board I wanted, and then it would die. <laughs> and that's all it was really good for back then. And it had its pheromone trail, but that was only really good if you happened to get it in on a certain turn, and then you happened to have something else arrive on a subsequent turn. Um, and now those rules are kind of null and void anyway. And so we're at the point I used I used Lictors in early ninth a huge amount as my action monkey so i would drop a couple of lictors behind enemy lines so that they could get me that secondary um i would have them repairing teleport homers behind enemy lines and basically i would use the fact that they were small models and quite easy to hide to mean that for one thing you're not going to see them before they've done what i need them to do uh like if i want them to retrieve octarius data you're not going to be able to stop them doing it anyway um, but if they are doing something that takes till my next command phase, I'm just going to hide them out and you're not going to be able to get anywhere near them. Um, obviously now the new rules for, um, the, the new rules for secondaries mean that basically running lick tours like this isn't really possible. They can't do what they used to be able to do for actions. So with that being in mind, I'm like, let's go back to basics. I want something that can ambush effectively. So you're talking about Gene Stealer Colts with their sort of eight inch charge. I would like Lictors to be back in a unit of three, um, to be a serious melee threat, 
and something that I could just sort of, I can literally say, okay, they've got a, I don't know, a seven inch charge even. Um, there's something that almost guarantees that ambushing ability um, and isn't just doing what everyone else can do, but not as good. Mm. Uh, and one particular thing, okay, so this is based on a leak. I think I probably have this written in a video somewhere that I reported this leak um, years and years ago. And there was no truth to it, but I loved the idea so much. <laughs> so Lictors are assassins, right? Mm -hmm. um, amongst other things, they're supposed to, especially the Death Leaper, like him specifically, is there to like stalk and fuck with your enemy's characters uh, and to be a constant source of fear from them. And that is not something that they can possibly do in the current set of rules. Like you can never get at characters in melee. If you do, you've probably already won because you've killed everything around them. So what I kind of envisage uh, is is their flesh hooks being able to pull a character to them. So, for example, let's say flesh hooks can target, uh, you know, characters irrespective of lookout, sir. If you hit with flesh hooks, uh, roll a d6, and on a four plus. Uh, that character now has to be in base-to-base -base contact, now has to be in engagement range with you. You count as having charged for all rules purposes for that turn, and basically you now have a free crack at that character in close combat. Obviously, again, with that, the Lictor would need to be commensurately better in close combat so that it actually has a chance of killing said character. But I think that would be such a cool, unique assassination thing. And you still need a lot of other things to go your way to be able to make that work, it wouldn't necessarily make them a competitive must, but it would just make them a fun model to take, and I think I would take them every time. That would make them an auto-include for me. Yeah, I mean, they're not in the rules, and again, similarly, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've read articles and, and cool fiction about them, like you're not supposed to see them until you're head is decapitated off your body yeah. or like anything like that but it, it, like what can they do rules wise like what how could you improve them would you you don't really want to like the save is i think it's a five plus at the moment like do you want to make them more durable well does that fit with the law so do you like you said enable them to deep strike closer do you make them minus stuff to hit like you can't target them um or they you're a minus they're a minus to hit plus you get an additional save or a plus one to your save as well just to represent the their camouflage they are they are there they are invisible <laughs> i mean law I think, and rules yeah. don't really match i mean off the top of my head and i mean Look, I'll be the first to say that it's very easy to play armchair GW exec <laughs> and mm. say this is what the rules should be because I've seen people create rules and they're always trash because you always make your thing far too powerful for far too cheap a points cost um, and that's that but let's just say I, I'm role playing as a, as a rules writer for a GW my thought would be uh, you cannot target the Lictor unless it's the nearest enemy, nearest visible enemy model, for yep. example. Um, I'd maybe say you cannot, uh, even if you can physically draw a line of sight, if a Lictor is in a terrain piece, you can't see it. 
um, because that's very in keeping with their lore. Like yeah, they agreed. blend into the background. So if I'm running my Lictor up the field, you can shoot it all day long. And yeah, leave it at a five plus save because they should they should if be you, a glass yeah. cannon. They should be something that if you misuse them, they'll die instantly. Mm-hmm. But give them that kind of thing. Or, you know, they used to be, uh, they used to be, they would ambush. If you deep struck them into a terrain piece, they could assault the turn they arrived from deep strike, which back in the game then you couldn't do. So something that maybe benefits you if you put them in a terrain piece, off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, something like that, yeah. Uh, th- there's tons of things I think they could do. I think the Lictor is one of the, the models that presents the most opportunities for creativity within the current codex, and I just want to see them do something good with it. Yeah, and if they, again, similar to what I said earlier, if they really lean into like the the focus of these models or the high fleets again like you if you if they if they made lictors and death leapers and gene stealers and all these sneaky things a little bit better and cooler you're you've got an army well potentially you've you've got a, a, an army which can give you absolutely any kind of play style you want and that's kind of if to me that's kind of what to, is it would be great about Tyranids. They constantly evolve to adapt to the situation. They go to a planet, what kind of resistance is there? They will then create what kind of bugs they need to destroy and harvest all of the biomass. So let's see that in the let's see that in the rules. Let's, yeah, that let's, level of adaptability. Yeah. Rather than going back, I can't remember what edition it was, but there was a codex where I think the latter half of the codex was, here are some different rules you can give to your models. Five points here, additional save. Five points here, additional weapon skill. So you could create like a a Termagant, like a a Space Marine, but then it's like 50 points a model, (laughs) like crazy. (laughs) I think that was third edition, I want to say. I remember that that one, I remember that one. But no, yeah, like really focusing on what makes those models, what they're meant to be, how the, the feel is meant to be. They're meant to adapt and similarly, like you said earlier, the the the, the toxicrine or toxicrine, however you want to pronounce it, um, what is what is its role? You... Yeah, exactly. Like, why why does a high fleet create one of these? Yeah. If if it creates it for that purpose, I want to see it. You know, a yeah. big a big fault I think uh, in some of their thinking for a while is if is few models, uh, namely the pyrovore and the harispex where specifically in the lore they were the things that turn up basically after the Tyranids have won the battle and they just slouch across creating like easily digestible biomass so mm. the pyrovore just burns everything around the harispex eats everything around and takes it back to digestion pools etc very cool lore but actually well I'm not going to use that in a battle then am I mm. like what you know it seems like if the harispex gets into battle it's a by accident so yeah you kind of need to rethink that lore if you're going to give me something I want to use in an army to fight with. Yeah. Not, you know... Again, pyrovores are another thing that I've never used. I've never liked them. I've never seen the point in them. And part of the reason is because their stuff fits the lore. They're, they're, not, they're not really fighters. They're not good at fighting. Yeah. Um, so in, in an army game, uh, you know, tabletop war game, that's maybe not the ideal 
candidate for um, mm. you know for taking um anyway we we've overrun a bit i said i said when we did these they should be 20 to 40 minutes long and we've yeah. gone over an hour Tw- um, 20 plus 40 minutes that's what we've done yeah <laughs> but this i mean this this is a big topic and we'll probably be revisiting it as we get closer to the codex yeah um but uh, i think we'll we'll end it there so i want to thank you very much uh as always mark for joining me no, th- um, no thank you for inviting me along and thank you for all those that have listened to rambles <laughs> yeah it's 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 appreciated if you've stuck with us this long um if you want to give us some feedback okay i, I said last time i'd sort this and i have so uh you can come at us on twitter uh which is at talking tyranids uh we have a gmail address which is talking tyranids at gmail.com very happy that we've got both of those uh in the near future i'm sure we will launch facebook and instagram pages uh in due course and we will let you guys know where they're at next time uh so thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time